GM, GM, welcome to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet, but don't get caught in the hype cycle. I'm Jay Bird, joined by my co-host, Raul, and we believe that NFTs are going to change the world. And that's why we're carving a path for doers to confidently build and invest in Web3. GM, GM, everyone, we're all here. We are talking about NFTs looking kind of like pyramid schemes nowadays. Everything is kind of falling apart. People are starting to stop speculating on these things. And we are kind of seeing some crisis in this space. For everyone listening on the podcast, we are right now doing a tour space. And we're doing this every Monday at 12 p.m. East. Hopefully you can join us next week. And for everyone in the space, hello, hello, hello. The future of social media is here, and that future lives in Web3 on top of Lens Protocol. Web2 social platforms are broken and ripe for disruption. You see, the epicenter of social media is the creators, and yet they are the most neglected. Web2 platforms like Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram are all essentially robbing creators of their worth. Creators are a new type of entrepreneur, forming new types of businesses. Yet with Web2 platforms, creators don't own their content or their profiles, and that's their product and business. Instead, they are tied to the platforms they choose to create on. Well, just like how crypto is freeing us from banks, Web3 is freeing us from these centralized platforms. On Lens Protocol, creators own their content, own their profile, and even their social graph and followers in the form of NFTs. This allows you to move freely from one social application to another with your content, profile, and followers moving along with you. Lens Protocol enables self-sovereignty for your social graph and interoperability across the internet. At Web3 Academy, we believe this is the future of social, and that's why we've partnered with Lens to ensure that the path of social media is heading in the right direction. Visit lens.xyz to learn more today. Did you know that Web3 users lose billions of dollars every year due to phishing attacks? If you've been in the space long enough, then you or someone you know has probably fallen victim to one of these scams. This is why we've partnered with WAG, your guardian in this digital wilderness. WAG is a tool designed to help you spot the difference between malicious links and legit ones. With WAG, you can rest easy knowing that every link you click on is safe. This is an absolute game changer for Web3. As part of our partnership with WAG, we'll be using their platform to create verifiable links that our community feels safe, knowing that what they're clicking on is the real deal. And if you don't have a community to protect and you're just looking to protect yourself, WAG has you covered with safe stops, which tell you exactly who created the link you're clicking on. Head to the link in the description, click it, see that it's verified by Web3 Academy, and start protecting yourself today. Just use the code FREE1000 when signing up, and if you're among the first 1,000 users, you'll get free access for life. Let's have some context. So why are we talking about NFTs looking at pyramid schemes? So this whole discussion comes off of what happened with the Zuki last week. So let me just rewind everyone. They basically announced a new NFT collection in their IRL event in Vegas. So they met up with the community. They announced this new collection. It was a 20K piece collection that was promising really cool art about, I don't know, like water and fire, whatever. They airdropped about 8,000 of them to the Zuki holders. Then they gave Azuki and Beans holders this derivative NFT of Azuki. They gave each 10 minutes to mint. This caused a lot of like FOMO and a lot of gas spikes. It wasn't as bad as people thought, but there were still some errors and people couldn't get their hands on the, this new collection that's called Elementals. And the big takeaway after this mint was that they failed to attract new community members. Now, I think most people know what happened. We even have a newsletter on this. It's just a reminder, but basically they raised 40 million after selling these NFTs at two ETH. 
And once everyone bought and they were kind of expecting this big reveal, the art was exactly the same as Azuki's. Because Azuki is a PFP collection. So what they did is it's actually diluted their edition collection because now if someone wants to be Azuki because they like the art, they can just buy this new collection that's costing way less than an Azuki. So they basically rocked their community. Probably did it by mistake. Uh, I don't think they did it on purpose, but still it was a big fail. So this whole blueprint was set by Yuga Labs. So they launched Board Apes in 2021. They did all of these airdrops with kennels, with serum, with mutant apes and so on. They did all these games. And kind of like every other NFT collection wants to copy Yuga Labs. But it's clear, and Azuki showed us, that this kind of fails for most projects. So what I wanted to ask you, Jay, is, is this the end? Azuki just killed the trend of derivative NFTs because it's clearly not happening? Or is this just a reset and we're going to, you know, come back stronger? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Look, this is definitely not the end. And we're going to talk about some numbers on chain later on in this episode of how NFTs are not dead. In fact, we're at all-time highs on NFTs. What Azuki did was they showed, which we have been talking about. If you've been listening to Web3 Academy for a while, we've been talking about this for a while. NFTs are not a product. If you sell an NFT's product, which is what Azuki did, which is what Yuga Labs has done, which is what Moonbirds did, which is what Pudgy Penguins did, which is what MFers did. All these PFP collections sold their NFT as a product. And NFTs in their set on their own are not a product. And what has happened, the reason we all got so hyped about this is because of it was a speculative asset, right? So everyone was like, oh man, I can make so much money buying NFTs. I thought that myself. I remember sitting down with my wife and being like, I'm going to be an NFT trader on the side, baby. We're going to make so much money. Don't worry. I got our retirement sorted out. And you know what I did? I probably lost $100,000 in the past year trying to do that. Like, fuck my lights. <laughs> Way to go, Jay. So, and if you're listening to this and the same thing happened to you, that sucks. I'm sorry. But there's a lesson to be learned here. And you know what's funny is it's very similar to the dot-com bubble of the start of the internet. What happened at the start of the internet back in the 90s was everyone was like, oh, you're an internet company? Great. I'll invest in you. I don't care what your product is. I don't care what you're going to sell. I don't care what your business plan is. I know that you're an internet company. Boom, I'm in. And so everyone invested and the bubble burst and a lot of people lost some money, a lot of money. Exact same thing is happening right now. NFTs, everyone was like, oh, I don't care what your business plan is. I don't care what your pro- how you're going to make revenue. No, I don't care about any of that. I just care that you're an NFT and you're an NFT and so I'm going to invest in it and I'm going to make money. Well, you're wrong because NFTs are not a product. It's not a sustainable, just because you're selling an NFT does not mean you all of a sudden have a business that's going to succeed and be sustainable. It, it, not at all. So we're seeing that the bubble is bursting. It's bursting right before our eyes. It sucks. I'm sorry. NGMI to everybody who invested in NFTs that are just NFTs, right? Now, that being said, there is massive potential. I am still bullish as ever on NFTs as a tool in a business, as a tech tool, because there's huge potential there. Did I answer your question, Raul? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of went on a rant there. 
You did, yeah. And I wanted to step back a bit and wanted to ask you about Yuga Labs. Is this why they succeeded so far? Just because they were so early to this new shiny thing? Or was there more to this? Yeah, 100%. Yuga Labs fucked us in a way, right? Because they were so successful during a hype cycle by basically selling derivatives of an NFT, right? And so everyone was like, there's the playbook. Let's go follow that playbook. And boom, right before your eyes, you can see it right now. Azuki just tried to follow the playbook and it doesn't work. It's not a playbook that makes any sense. It's a playbook that should have never existed. So sorry, folks, unfortunate that we all got caught up in that hype cycle. And I'll admit, I got caught in that hype cycle too. I'll be sure I'll never get caught in that hype cycle again. You keep listening. I promise I won't steer you down the wrong direction again. Thank you if you keep listening. Appreciate you guys. So yeah, so I think that like in a way, Azuki's success really created a playbook that everybody was like, okay, let's go follow that playbook. But if you're still around, if you're an investor, don't invest in NFTs that are just a NFT product anymore. You know what? Go use NFTs. And then if you're a business builder, do not follow the Yuga Labs playbook because it's not a sustainable playbook. Let's look at Yuga Labs for just a second here. They were smart enough to know, really as a result of the fact that they were able to raise so much money, they had amazing people behind them. They had an incredible community. Yuga Labs, like the Board Ape Yacht Club community, it started as DGENs, but it's not DGENs anymore. It's not like speculative DGENs. Who's in the Yuga Labs community? Snoop Dogg, leading celebrities, leading business minds, right? Like all of these incredible business minds are in the Yuga Labs community or in Board Ape. So what do they want? They want to build a business. And Uglabs, as a result, was able to pivot and hire Daniel Allegre as their new CEO, who came from Activision or Activision Blizzard. So he came from there. What is that? That's a gaming company. All their stuff now is focused on gaming and more specifically casual gaming, because casual gaming is a great model, right? Like that is a business model that makes sense. And so Uglabs, yeah, I still continue to be bullish on Uglabs. Only because I, I see them pivoting into creating and sustainable business. But yeah, the model, if you're a business, do not go launch a PFP as a way to raise capital or selling a product to your community. You're just going to fuck yourself because your community is going to be pissed. They're never going to be excited about it because I don't want them to go to PFP. What do I need a PFP for? Right? Yeah, it's exactly. just, you know, there were some tweets out there that Board Apes minted for 0.08 ETH and People who minted back then are still profitable, but, and that's the argument for like this whole thing uh, still being alive kind of thing. But we got to remember that, like you said, you mentioned celebrities. Justin Bieber purchased his board ape in January 2021 for 1.3 million. It's now worth 60K. So that puts things in perspective <laughs> and lets you know like how unsustainable this is for the long term. So you talked about NFTs being the product, and I think you kind of touched on the fact that there are two types of NFTs. So we talked about NFTs being the product, aka Azuki and Yuga Labs selling these NFTs, basically on the promise that they're going to build something that will give value to these NFTs. So Yuga Labs is trying to build all, the, all these games, as you said, we're getting Daniel Allegre on the team. Azuki is trying to build Hilumia, which is the, the metaverse. And to me, it kind of sounds like they're selling these NFTs on a promise, which makes them sound like a pyramid scheme has the title of today. Do you want to give us an example of like how an NFT 
could be a product. I'm going to help you out here and uh, mention Pudgy Penguins. Do you think that there's chance for these PFP projects to pivot and, you know, give utility to these NFTs? Yeah, it's important that we answer that, right? Like, are NFTs yeah. just a pyramid scheme? No, they are not. But most of the NFTs that we all have speculated and talk about and invested are a pyramid scheme in a way, right? I hope that Azuki makes it, right? I don't want to fud on them. But yes, if somebody is selling you a JPEG, basically, or a PFP, call it whatever you want, and they're selling it to you as an NFT, and they have no business behind it, they don't have a they don't have a business plan. They don't have a product that they can sell sustainably. Like they don't have experience or like a track record. Then like, yes, that is a pyramid scheme. They're selling it to you in hope that you will go and market it like crazy and talk about it like crazy. And then you'll continue to sell it and other people will jump in and want to buy it. Like that's a pyramid scheme, right? Now, that being said, a couple of years from now, we're not even going to be talking about this. This is a moment in time. It is an unfortunate moment in time because a lot of people are losing a lot of money. So that's very unfortunate. Again, it's just like FTX and all these shitty things that keep happening in our beautiful blockchain technology, which has so much potential and is going to change the world and is going to make a difference to us as consumers and us as businesses long term. But right now, there's not enough of those businesses yet that are using NFTs as a tool in their toolkit. Most of the projects are just these, yeah, the pyramid scheme. They're these NFT projects that are using NFTs to create hype, raise capital, or just to make money, to be honest. But they don't even know what they're going to do with the money and they don't even have a plan. So, but this is what's ironic is like, and I'll get back to your question about budget figures in a second, is that NFT usage on chain is at all time highs because NFTs as a tool as a tech filing system have tremendous potential, right? As identity, as a fractionalized asset, as all these things, as a membership, all these things, they make a lot of sense, right? But this pyramid scheme speculative asset is dangerous and it fucked us. And I'm sorry, folks, it's the end. It's the end of that playbook. And thank God, because don't get me wrong, people are going to still try to continue to do it. Now, you bring up Pudge of Penguins. I have a Moonbird. I'm not going to sell, right? Don't get me wrong. I wish I did, right? I missed my window, but I'm not going to sell it. And I'll tell you why I'm not going to sell it. Because Moonbirds did raise shit ton of money. I don't exactly remember what the, the amount was. They just, they they just raised $50 right? million, yeah. From like outside investors in, in equity. But then they also, how much did they? sale of exactly. the uh, selling the Moonbirds, right? So I'm not going to sell. And the reason I'm not going to sell mine, because I look at Pudgy Penguins. That's why I'm not going to sell my Moonbird. I mean, the main reason I'm not going to sell my Moonbird is because like it's just too big of a loss right now. I wouldn't get much from it. Now, Pudgy Penguin shows, as Yuga Labs is showing, as some other projects are showing, they're showing early signs that it could work of this idea of like, you could invest in an NFT and then you could have some form of capital flowing back towards you in the form of IP. There's value in your ownership of that NFT in the sense of IP. In the case of Pudgy, they are using the penguin on memes and they're trying to do that model with, with the memes too, but I don't know if they've yet figured that out. So 
yeah, NFT projects can come back. I'm not saying that these all these projects are dead. They've got a ton of money, right? Azuki, same thing. At the same time, to be honest, if I don't know what the price of Azuki is right now, but that is one of the few projects that has continued to do well throughout the bear market. Like I actually think they've got up throughout the bear market, haven't they? Like they were at 15 ETH last I checked. Yeah. I took two weeks off for paternity leave. What are they at now, Raul? No, they're around 16. So they, they dropped right like from 15 or 16. Look, this is not investment advice, but I'll bet you that Azuki will go the same way. I think it's going to go lower because they don't have a business yet, right? Now, in 10 years, if Azuki builds a metaverse and it's super dope and millions of people are in it, then owning an Azuki will have tons of value because in their metaverse, the Azuki, they'll figure out a way to make that NFT very valuable, I'm sure. Uh, at least I hope they would. Otherwise, they'd be ragging everybody. But that's a bet, right? Like, that's a big bet. You know, that's betting that they can build a metaverse, which is fucking hard. Same with Yuga Labs. You're betting that Yuga Labs can build a metaverse slash build a game, which is very difficult. Like, no one is able to build that. They then have to attract millions of people into that game or into that metaverse. They got to figure out the tokenomics to get everybody in and get capital and get revenue flowing back to their holders. Or they've just, they're just saying, oh, you own the IP and you go do whatever you want with it. Right. Yeah. Which I'm not even going to get into that. Yeah. And I agree with you that. Pudgy is a great example. Like they, they built a product that they launched on Amazon. Now everyone who sees, you know, these toys on Amazon and they buy them, they get this experience on chain and they get to interact with uh, the ecosystem. And ultimately everything leads to that core 8,888 collection, which is not really the case for Azuki whatsoever or Google Apps. Everything is just, you know, being diluted by just pumping out these. Uh, these. And one more thing to add about Pudgies is that they're going to Comic-Con. They just announced a few hours ago, they're going to Comic-Con, which is the biggest entertainment event in the world. Millions are going on attend online or in real life. And they're getting so much exposure that they're kind of taking us mainstream. And they're doing this like, just because they have a core product that they want to sell. Exactly. Exactly what you just said. What's the product that they want to sell? Two products. They have these toys. And then they also want to license their uh, video game and they want to be like, go build, a, we'll license you the Pudgy IP, you go build a video game. They want to go to a, a TV or a movie producer and go build, it will license you the IP, right? Would I go buy a Pudgy? Fuck no. I'll tell you why. Because you'd be betting, Raul, as like you said, they are figuring out this stuff. They're the best team so far that's been doing it over the past six months. They've been doing a great job of really building a sustainable business, but it's still early. Right? Is Pudgy all of a sudden going to be the biggest toy in Walmart? I don't know. Maybe. And if it is, great. Then your investment in their NFT was a great investment and you're going to make good money. How much? Don't know. Because we don't really know how the capital is flowing back yet. That's a great point. And I think, I think, yeah, we talked about like this first part of NFT projects that are right now. So right now we just talked about NFTs being the product. You just sell these NFTs on the basis that they're going to get some value and they're basically the product. Now, we can't call them a product because there's no fundamental uh, utility to it. So most of these NFT projects look like a pyramid scheme and so they will add the product inside. But there are other parts of this tech that's being used 
towards really great stuff. So we've seen just last week, Lacoste, who launched a new kind of utility to their initial NFTs. And that's what I want to talk about, Jay, because we mentioned there were two types. One is the product. We talked about that. Let's talk about how everyone else is using NFTs in their business. And we've seen, and you mentioned this, we've seen that on-chain, people interacting with NFTs on marketplaces, which means that like people trading them, is going down to zero, like it's going down fast. But people interacting with NFTs on chain for utility, for example, to connect to a site or to get access to a community and so on, that's at all time high almost. And there are a lot of companies that, you know, do this. There's Reddit, there's Starbucks, there's Lacoste, there's Nike with the dots, there's WorldCoin and so on. I want to give your opinion on this kind of NFTs because these don't sound like a pyramid scheme and they sound like they do have a utility. Is that what it seems like? Yeah, these are the early examples. These are the early pioneers of blockchain in the form of NFTs. These are the few companies that are trying to innovate and use NFTs in the way that we believe that everyone will use. Reddit is using NFTs as a way to basically take their community platform that uses PFPs within their community. And so they're allowing those PFPs to now be owned assets. That makes a ton of sense because there's, I don't know how many users are on Reddit, millions, 20 million, 100 million, I'm not sure. A lot of users are on Reddit. And when you have that many users, you have a profile picture and it makes sense that you could own that profile picture. But yes, everybody should be learning about the ways that businesses are using NFTs to improve their existing business or maybe to build a new business like Sound XYZ is or WorldCoin or WorldApp is. Like those are examples of projects that are using NFTs not to speculate on or to create a better user experience for identity, right? The challenge is that we are so early. Like, I can't say it enough. We're so early. And what happens when you're so early is speculation. Because there was so much hype and speculation, NFTs became profile pictures. That is what, like, so many projects base their business around. Let's launch a profile picture. I consulted for projects where we literally spent hours being like, what should our profile picture look like? Right. And, but it's not art. That's the key thing here, right? Like these are profile pictures are not art. CryptoPunks, I would argue, is the one that is truly art because it, it'll always fit into the world of art in my mind. It's already being shown in art galleries around the world. It's collected by some leading art collectors. So I do think that CryptoPunks is the one that you could consider to be art. But yeah, like all the rest of them, unfortunately, pyramid schemes right before our eyes. But everything else, yeah, like, and, and this is what we try to talk about on the show, is we try to talk about the real use cases. A few weeks ago, we wrote a report about uh, Burn Island by VFriends. Look at VFriends. Was VFriends a PFP collection? No, it wasn't. If that's a PFP collection, that's the shittiest PFP collection I've ever seen, <laughs> right? It was Gary B's and Drawn, right? I don't think it's necessarily really art either. But he did not focus on the PFP of it. He just wanted to get NFTs into the hands of his consumers 
because he saw a way to create engagement. And now he has Burn Island, which is this incredible engagement mechanism. And that is using NFTs in a powerful way, right? Burning is a mechanism that we have never had before that really matters to businesses, right? Every business, every creator out there is going to be using minting, collecting, and burning in their business within the next five years. Or if you're not, you're missing out on a huge opportunity to make revenue, create a better experience for your users. The problem is the tech isn't there yet. So we have to wait because you have to right now go write your own smart contract, go figure out the tokenomics, go do all these things on your own, which is very, very difficult. And most people don't know how to do that. So people just keep resorting to the old playbook of Yuga Labs, but it's simple. I could go right now at mid-journey and I could launch a PFP collection. Shit, my wife's business made hundreds of thousands of dollars launching frog PFP collections on GameStop like a year ago on the games. They were like one of the biggest collections in the GameStop marketplace. They saw an opportunity. They wanted to build community online. And so they went after it. But those PFP collections are also, they're dead now. Didn't know what they were doing. Uh, Raul, do you want to give the uh, Apple Vision Pro example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, me too, because that's, yeah, that's a great, a great example. It was from NFT God. So he was like, imagine if Tim Cook just tweeted for like six months before releasing this Apple Vision Pro, like just saying, oh, we, we've got some huge things coming up. Let me cook. And you, you, you pun intended, Tim Cook, <laughs> let me cook. And, uh, you know, wanting to, you know, extract liquidity from Apple customers without showing them the product. And we're like, oh, this is a great product. We want $3,500 for it. And we're going to show it to you later. No one would buy this, this Apple product, because what Apple is doing really well is they are showcasing the benefits for like a year before the product comes out. That's what they do with the iPhone. They basically just came out and said, this is the phone. It has no buttons. This is how it works. And everyone was like, wow. What we're doing here with NFTs is completely the opposite. We're basically just saying we're coming to these people with a product that we don't even have the prototype for, and we're trying to sell it to them. So it would be like Steve Jobs would come with the iPhone and would sell all these people the benefits of an iPhone. And, you know, this doesn't have any buttons and stuff like that without actually showing them. So that's what we're doing now, right now. We're just promising these metaverses, we're promising these games that will come, I don't know, 10 years from now or five years from now. And we're trying to get money from these people. What we're not showing is the benefits. And that's why it's not really working. And I think a point to make is that we're talking about, you know, NFTs being just a pyramid scheme. I want to make the clarification that they're not. Like, NFTs still have value, as we said. Lacoste, Nike, Reddit, and all of these brands are using it as they should. But as a speculative asset, it doesn't have any utility. So in your toolkit, if you want to build a business. And... I think one thing to mention is problem with all of these projects, like with the Azuki's, isn't the dilution because of this new election. With Board Apes, it isn't the game that's not come up. It's with Meme it's not the art. Is that just the expectations were set too high and people paid way too much money for this? And when you pay too much money, your expectations are way too high and you are investing in this early stage project that has a team with barely any experience, most are DGENs and have no track record. Some of them are even anonymous, and I'm not even going to get into the rhyming part. But we're basically just at the stage, like we were in the dot-com bubble, like we said in the beginning of the space, where we're just putting money just because this is a new shiny thing called NFTs, and we're just hoping for the best. So that's not really sustainable. And that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, how do we get to a point where we become like 
or not we, but just one company in this space, one NFT project becomes the Apple where they actually build a product and they come up with the benefits and then they try to sell it. Because right now it seems to be the other way around. We try to sell the product and then build it. How, how can we go the other way? The answer to that question is years of work, right? Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> there's no, you know what I mean? Like, uh, go build a business, write a business plan, come up, find product market fit, do consumer research to understand what your consumer wants to buy and then sell them something they want and then scale that to new consumers. You know, hire a marketing team, spend money on improving your product and boom, build a large business. And it seems yeah, like this analysis is done right now, but it's like the assets are like, okay, people want follow, people want hype. People want speculation. That's what we're going to give them. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's be clear. If you are buying an NFT that gives you access to a community, right? Like a Discord. Well, that Discord better have hella value and utility in it. Otherwise, you're just buying a speculative asset. Or if you're buying an NFT that says you own the IP and you can go do whatever you want with it. Well, you better have a plan to go do something with it and you better be good at turning IP into merchandise or into some sort of product, right? Because you don't know if the team's going to do it or if you're buying an NFT that's like, oh, we're going to build the biggest metaverse. Nobody has built a successful metaverse yet. Facebook changed their name to Meta. One of the biggest companies in the world changed their name to Meta and then built Horizon World. Who has anybody here been in Horizon World? Is anyone here spending time in a rise world, I'm not, you know, so it is very difficult to build sustainable businesses, to build businesses that attract new customers, that have revenue, that can grow, that can reach millions. It's very difficult. So betting that an NFT project can go do that, it's the same as, I don't know, your, as your friend starting a company and you giving your friend $10,000 or $5,000 you're betting on your friend's ability to go build that company. Can they do it or not? Like maybe, maybe they can, but good chance they can't because 99% of businesses fail because it's really hard to build a business, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't go try, go try, but do not go and use an NFT. I would not sell an NFT as a way to start my business, as the initial product in my business, because all you're doing is you now have 10,000 or 5,000 or 20,000, whatever size collection you have, you have that many holders that are now going to yell at you with crazy expectation of why is my floor not gone up? Floor, 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 increase my floor. And they don't know how to support you. They don't know how to help you build a business. Right. If you need capital to build your business, then go raise capital the traditional way. Because the beautiful thing is if you raise capital the traditional way, then A, you get mentors and your investors are going to support you and they're likely people that know how to build your business, right? Because they're going to invest in you. They're probably like, oh, I see your business plan. I've seen it successful. I know how to make this work. So I'm going to invest in you and I'm going to help you get there, right? And also these investors, they have restrictions on their ability. They can't just go sell their equity in your business on an open market. There is no open market, right? So they also have to stick with you. Whereas you sell an NFT, I can yell at you just like an investor would. I'm going to act like an investor, even though I'm not. And I can now leave and sell at whatever price I want and lower your floor and affect your business and affect your mental health. 
and screw you over in the end. So using NFTs as a way to raise capital, that is when it's a pyramid scheme. Then it's a pyramid scheme unless you can go build a business, which 99% of them will not go build a successful business. Great answer. And before we wrap up, I think we have a question from Unify. So I'll give the word over and either you have a question or something to add, please. You do. I love it. Just going to add, everybody should be focusing on learning the real use cases of blockchain, not just NFTs, of blockchain. Because if you understand the real use cases of blockchain, then you can go apply those to your business. You can go invest in them in a smart, safe way. And you could also, you could get a job. You could be a leader. You could be an influencer because you will understand the real use cases. And that's what we all need to get. And we're still all in the hype cycle, unfortunately. Sergey, did you, you have a question? Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you, Raul. Thank you, Jay. You provided us with great uh, topics. The only thing I wanted to say is, like Raul mentioned about the Azuki Elementals. So he said that it was their technical problem uh, that led to all this fat and so on. And I wanted to make a point that uh, when you are that much overhyped project, you need to focus as much on the community building as possible. And I'm a firm believer that the community building mistakes are the main uh, reason why projects like this just flop and uh, all the people around the whole NFT theme, they just think that uh, it's just a pyramid scheme. Basically, if we just uh, divide all the situation into topics, we can say that uh, Azuki had absolutely ineffective communication. So basically, the staff, maybe inside of the staff, people realized the vision and the goals, but it was just only the vision on a personal level. But the community was just not sufficiently informed about this whole thing. Then also we can say that they were not quite aware of the community sentiment and uh, they had way too over, way too ambitious goals and they was really ineffective execution. And basically they addressed the problems, but it was not enough because it all goes down to the community and people are complex and simple creatures at the same time, but they uh, tend to remember bad things better than good things. So maybe they could just not invest so much money into this Azuki Vegas, into Elementus trailer, and maybe focus on something like holder-only meetings, community councils and cooperation, focus as much as possible on clear communication, and just firstly put community involvement, and then just start developing process. So I just wanted to break this case study from the community building perspective and explain how this can benefit the whole point of view of many people that NFTs are just pyramid scheme. As long as brands do not operate this way, maybe we can change the vision of many regular users. Yeah. You bring up a great point. Here's the thing. You are right. This is all about community because right now, if you bought a Mizuki, that's the only thing you have. You have your PFP and you have access to a Discord. That's it. You don't get anything else. There's no other utility involved. So that project needs to make that community very strong. They need to invest in it. They need to do the things that you said. They need to hold their meetings. But here's the challenge. What is community? Community is when people come together for common purpose and common goals and they contribute. That's a key word here, right? They contribute. When you have a community where 
it's a bunch of speculative asset holders, it is very difficult to get those people to contribute because all they want is floor price go up, right? So I agree with what you're saying that they need to focus on community, but I also think they're stuck in a way because it's not like Azuki has a community of a bunch of metaverse builders who are like, oh, we're all building this metaverse together. Okay, let's all contribute and let's all participate in building this metaverse. And then they go do it as a community. No, they've got a community of speculative asset holders who are like, oh, all I care about is my floor price. So make my floor price go up. Well, oh, you want me to contribute? You want me to be a part of the community? You want me to help build the community? Like, man, sure. Like if you go into any of these discords, right? These are not true communities where everybody has a common goal and a common purpose. Their only common goal and common purpose right now is make money, right? And that's not community. Make money does not build community, right? Common goal, common purpose around something bigger than money, bigger than yourself. That's what builds community. Yeah, I agree. And I just wanted to add to this, just the fact that you, Seth, you mentioned the tech problems and the communication. I agree. But I don't think that that was the only issue. The thing is, they communicated poorly in a way that they didn't like reveal the art. That's the art was what let a lot of people down. But the thing is that now people from the team are kind of like, selling off their Azukis. So they're kind of like just uh, falling apart, basically, which is showing that they didn't really know the vision before they launched this. We're not saying that this is over. Like, I still think they have $40 million that they've just raised now. They probably have a bunch of money from before and they can still pivot to, you know, do all of this thing you said, you know, host this town halls with the community and figure just figure out what utility to give them because as James said their only goal is to make money so figure out how to, to do that for them and do that sustainably so that still makes money after five or ten years okay I hope we answered your questions yeah yeah I totally agree with you thank you thanks a lot I agree also I would uh, just add that I would like projects uh, this big and this overhyped to get rid of things like explaining real real issue or like uh, 15 minutes mint uh, windows with something more knowledgeable uh, than uh, i'm sorry uh, we just had a little bit higher than anticipated traffic like what what the hell is that yeah. about when you're considered to be the second brand in this industry and also this project was destined to have such bad things uh, happening because they focus on something that gets quick dopamine for people. Basically, the really, really massive show with the, your phrase, check your motherfucking wallets. Like, I don't know. It it doesn't actually prove the point of the whole NFTs. It was something like, we can build together. We are a part of the community that gets you a lot of utility and so on. But they just gathered a whole bunch of people that were jumping on this hype train and they got what they deserved partially in my opinion hype is the most dangerous marketing because it is very effective because it creates full well the only way for hype to sustain itself as your marketing tactic is to create more hype and if all you're doing is creating more hype you will crash eventually because you're not creating a product you're just a hype machine and that's what we're seeing yeah, for sure. Thank you, guys. Hey, thank you, guys. Before we wrap up here, let's give the word to Unified. Yeah, what's going on, guys? I really like your content. Can you hear me, all right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for having me up. You know, first of all, I really I really like your content, and I really like the message you're spreading about changing the sort of common denominator among Web3 projects from 
being projects which instantaneously gives you a, a short-term outlook, you know, just the very word project, into businesses, you know, and, and making Web3 businesses sustainable long-term and rewarding for the community. And I think, you know, just going along the lines of what you guys have been saying, you know, it's easy to sort of look look back at these big projects, you know, and ask these pyramid scheme questions. And I think you're absolutely right in being in this like very early stage dot com bubble. But, you know, I think in terms of looking forward, it's about paving the way. And there's a big responsibility, I think, on everyone as holders, as investors, to request hire from your people that you're investing into you know like be it doxing be it certification of business formation you know be it more transparent books and being able to see directly into the business and what it is building because it's one thing to say do your due diligence in this space but it's very difficult to actually do your due diligence we're like this on-chain world where we all preach transparency but how many of these treasuries are actually being transparent in everything they do yeah i hear I hear what you're saying. Look, what you said that brings up for me is if we look at the internet and the dot-com bubble, the internet companies that did succeed were companies that used the internet to build new platforms through which we could create new products, through which we could engage. E-commerce companies that were like, oh, we're going to take the internet and we're going to build ways, we're going to build tools or ways that you could sell products online because every business is going to want to sell products online. Boom. Like that created some of the biggest businesses. Social media companies, they were like, we're going to use the internet and we're going to allow you to create content and communicate and connect with loved ones and with people all over the world online. Boom. That created massive companies, right? So it's the same thing with blockchain. We need more people to be focused on looking at blockchain and how can you use blockchain to create new ways that we can have a better customer experience that we can have we can have better customer loyalty that we can fractionalize real estate investing that we can make our finances more transparent right those are all using blockchain to create better ways better businesses better platforms. And that, that makes sense. That's what everybody should be focused on. It's funny when we think about Azuki, Azuki is also, I'm pretty sure that they are also the team behind, I think it's called Churro Labs or Churro Labs. Yeah. yeah. Churro Labs. Yeah. Right. Like they're the team behind that. And that team is focused on this physical backed token concept. And that, that has huge utility because if we look at Breitling, one of the watch companies, right? One of the largest watch companies in March, they started offering an NFT certificate with your watch. So if you buy a Breitling watch, you can then go and you can claim an NFT certificate along with your watch. What does that do? It A, proves the provenance of your watch and the authenticity of your watch. And then also with that NFT, you can get access to other experiences that Breitling offers you through partnerships. So basically they're token gating things, right? So if Azuki would just go focus on Churro Labs and creating a physical backed token product, boom, you could go get Breitling, could be one of your customers. Rolex could be one of your customers. Some luxury brand could be one of your customers that wants to use your tech in order to 
add an NFT to the physical product, which has value. That is a use case that makes a lot of sense. So that's what the Yuzuki team should go focus on, not another PFP collection. We don't need PFPs. I really agree with what you're saying there, man. And I think you're right. It's on. It's about building tech that inherently invites brands to do what they want to do with as low a barrier to entry as possible, right? And if we build it, you know, you say they will come, maybe they won't come now, but they're certainly on their way. And if you're ready in a position and they're well-established in the Web3 space, I think when they do come, the eyes are going to be on you from people like that. Yeah, and they are coming. Let's be clear. If you look at the growth of the internet and you compare it to the growth of blockchain, we are on a very similar path. The internet hit a billion users within 10 years. Blockchain will also hit a billion users within 10 years, which will be within the next like three to five years, probably the next three to five. And you can see the growth. Raul mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we hit, well, not last, in the past, I think three months ago, we hit an all-time high in NFT usage, NFT interactions on-chain. And the past three months, we've been over 10 million every month, and we had never been above 10 million before, okay? But at the same time, activity on NFT marketplaces from NFT traders is at an all-time low. And that's what we're talking about here. That's the pyramid scheme. And that is dying, and it should die. But we are still growing. Blockchain is still growing. These use cases are still growing, and it's not going to slow down. So it's an interesting time because you're there's a lot of FUD going on, which will lead a lot of people to leave. Now's when you need to stick around. Now's when you need to keep building and you need to find those real use cases because yeah, holy shit. Then the opportunity is still as big as the internet, if not bigger, right? Because the world is bigger and we have more people and more money now. So let's wrap. Thanks so much for listening, let's everybody. Wrap. If you're listening on the podcast next Monday at noon Eastern is our uh, next Twitter space. We're going to be doing these every week. Everybody who showed up on today's Twitter space, thanks for showing up. Do you have any comments or anything uh You'd like to see us discuss on any future Twitter spaces, you let us know. Uh, look, our objective is to inform you guys so that you can build and invest safely and confidently in Web3 because this is the future and uh, we want to be on the forefront. Yeah. And before we just leave here, I just wanted to extend our gratitude to everyone listening to this. You're the reason we're doing this weekly. And for that, we're super thankful. With that said, I'm Raul and I wish you an amazing week. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe or follow so that you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, there's a link in the description for our free newsletter where we provide timely and relevant Web3 insights so you can confidently build and invest in Web3. Make sure to subscribe today. One final note. This podcast is for educational purposes only and nothing we say is financial advice. Crypto and Web3 are risky and you should never invest more than you're willing to lose. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.